The political landscape keeps evolving. Leaders and all Americans have an obligation to keep up and stand up. The states are the laboratories of democracy. To know where America is going, we must continue to look to the states. Welcome to Gallantly Streaming, a smart and engaging podcast brought to you by the State Financial Officers Foundation. Here are your hosts, Derek Kreifels and Jonathan Williams. Good afternoon and welcome back to another episode of Gallantly Streaming. I am your host, co-host Derek Kreifels. And I'm your co-host, Jonathan Williams, coming from the land of make-believe in Washington, D.C. That's great. Well, it's so good to be back with you, Jonathan. It's been a little while since we've had an episode and we've, you know, here at SFOF, we've been a little busy. I don't know if you've, you've heard uh, you know, things have gotten a little a little crazy, but all good. I think good crazy. You know, we've got some great state leaders who have been really working to push back against uh, some of these different issues that are going on right now across the country. And we are really lucky to have one of them joining us today. Um, you know, there's this this uh, this little thing called ESG um, investing, and it's something that our state leaders have been extremely concerned about um, and have, have really uh, brought to the, the public's attention uh, over the last several months. And, uh, and Treasurer Allison Ball of the great Commonwealth of Kentucky uh, is here with us today. Uh, welcome, Treasurer Ball. Thank you, Derek. Great to be here. Yeah. And, and Treasurer, you are, you're one of those unique treasures that has a, has a unique perspective. I'd say one, you, I always hear you speak and you say, you know, I'm, I'm one of those treasures who has a or statewide officials who's accomplished a lot of firsts. Um, I, I want you to talk a few of, of, about a few of those. Um, but also, I think the thing that makes it really interesting um, having you as a state treasurer is that you're also one of the only treasures that I'm aware of that is actually an attorney also. Um, and so I think that puts you in a really unique perspective to talk about some of these issues. Uh, but tell us about some of the first that you like to talk about when you're talking to Kentuckians. Sure. Yeah, I always say these are kind of neat pieces of trivia about me. Everybody's got some trivia about them. Uh, so for me, I actually was uh, when I got elected, this isn't a first, but I was the youngest woman elected to a statewide office uh, when I was elected. And I was the youngest woman for about three years. And that's one of those things, you know, that you're not going to hold on to forever. <laughs> Somebody else is going to replace you at some point. Um, but I was the youngest woman for a while. And I was the first uh, Kentucky constitutional officer, statewide officer to give birth while serving in office. Uh, I gave birth to my little boy, Levi, four years ago, and I'm the first one to do it twice. <laughs> so there there were two other women, actually, who, who had children after me, but I'm the only one who's done it twice. And if I have a third one while serving in office, I think I'll, maybe I'll hold that record for a long time. Uh, but my daughter, Marigold, was born last year. And, uh, you know, that puts me in the position of being a working mom, you know, holding a, a pretty important, pretty serious job. And of course, the serious job of being a mom. Um, and I always like to talk about it because I think it encourages women that they don't have to wait until their families are grown or their career at a certain point before they start to do the things that they feel called to do. So I like to talk about it for that reason, because I think it encourages women to, to jump in and get involved. That's great. That's great. Jonathan, do you want to kick it off with the first question? Yeah, well, thanks for being with us, Treasured Ball. It's great to talk to you again, and thanks for all your great work in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Uh, you know, one of these um, issues that Derek referenced a second ago that, you know, is getting a lot of attention nowadays is this ESG issue set. 
And, you know, probably a year ago and most you know, elected officials and, and folks across the country before this became a household acronym would have thought ESG was some sort of a cardiac procedure. Uh, but now it's everyday news <laughs> in the headlines. And a lot of that is due to the great work uh, here at SFOF and the great work uh, of state elected officials raising awareness around how this politically driven process is really causing uh, a real threat to America and our way of life uh, in many states across the country. So what's your take uh, on how this issue has evolved really dramatically over the past year or so? And, you know, how do we fight back? So I really had a front row seat of how this has evolved over the last few years. Uh, I remember when I first got elected treasurer um, a few years ago now, I'm in my second term. I've got one more year after this year to finish out my second term. So I've been around a little while now. And I remember when I first got elected, I started to hear about this. And I thought it was kind of a novelty. I thought it was kind of academic. It's the kind of thing that you hear about at universities. And I really didn't pay that much attention to it. It was one of those things that is just a topic at conferences that you go to. And I remember, I think it was maybe in 19. So even still not that long ago, I was at a meeting in California with a bunch of state treasurers from across the country. And it was actually a public finance, public investing conference. So it had top level people from all over the world at this particular meeting. And I was talking to a treasurer who'd been in place for a while. And he was telling me about the topic that was being covered. We were out in the hallway and he was like, yeah, it's that, what is it called again? That like ES something or other, I forget the acronym, you know? And it was like, yeah, that's ESG. So even as recently as 2019, there was a state treasurer talking to me. He was like, yeah, what is that thing again? I can't remember the acronym for it. So it, it was sort of academic, not taken as seriously a few years ago. And I did see it kind of catch hold with some of the more, uh, some of the more liberal progressive treasurers. Um, I started to see them take an interest in it, which it didn't surprise me. They often uh, are interested in topics like that. But now I'm starting to see this all over the country. And I'm starting to see this in a very scary way. I'm seeing it from DC itself. And I'm seeing it from corporate officials. So it's moved from that academic novelty, hey, let's just kind of talk about it and see see what this could be, to something that's being very aggressively pushed on all of us. And uh, so really within the last year, I've seen this become a pretty serious problem. So I talk about this sometimes when I'm out and about in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. I talk about it uh, when I'm at chamber meetings. And when I first started mentioning this, even just a few months ago, no one really knew what it was. Now when I ask people, maybe a third of the room raises their hand that they've heard about it before. Um, and I always describe it as telling people, you know, once upon a time, your, your investments, particularly your, your pension and your retirement investments, that was about returning a profit, making sure that you could retire, that you had something when you were at the end of your working career. Uh, not anymore. Now there is a push to instead of having a true investment policy, it's now an ideological policy trying to use your money and not to make sure you can retire, but to push certain ideological perspectives, particularly right now that I'm seeing in a scary way on the environmental front, uh, very progressive, very speculative, um, progressive environmental policies. Now, it's a huge threat. I know Derek probably has some additional thoughts on your efforts there in Kentucky as you've looked to push back. One interesting element of this all, as you reference it, though, is it's so difficult to pin down what exactly people are talking about when you use the term ESG. And so to you, how is this being operationalized and kind of weaponized right now by some of these leading, let's say, treasurers on the left? Uh, And how have you seen that play out? Because as I've seen it, just from watching it from a 50 state perspective, you know, we see you know, things like Elon Musk and, and Tesla being delisted on the S&P's uh, ESG index fund because they weren't green enough. So, I mean, people kind of get a chuckle now in a way that it's um, become so politicized that it actually stand for anything. And how do you define ESG? 
Well, you've kind of hit the nail on the head. What does it stand for? What does it really mean? And nobody really knows. Uh, there is a bit of a push right now to make it more defined, but it's still, at the end of the day, very speculative, very subjective. Uh, it's kind of what uh, what the person who's pushing it wants it to be, uh, and that that's pretty scary if you're in you are putting your your future, your retirement dollars in something that is speculative. You don't really know what it is. You don't know if you've met it, and you don't know if it works. So uh, so. Absolutely. That's one of the main problems about this. There's a lot of problems, but but a, a significant problem is that it is so subjective, so speculative. You don't really know what it is and it could change. And Treasurer, one of the things that I used to tell people when I'm explaining what environmental social governance investing is, um, I really, uh, you know, I think that there is this um, very clear pattern developing with progressives that it, it's really an attempt to get anything past uh, to become social policy with with by avoiding the courts and the democratic process that we have in place, either whether it's the federal government or in the halls of state government. Um, uh, what do you think about that? I mean, we're because we're, we're we're not really in this area where the whole ESG issue is is kind of summed down now to just global climate change issues, right? Like now, some of those same firms that were pushing shareholder proposals on the global climate change front, they're now using the S, the social uh, part of the ESG banner to start pushing for mandates and reproductive rights with large corporations or with Second Amendment changes, uh, um, you know, bans on doing business with certain Second Amendment companies. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that, that's one of the problems with this is that it's so nebulous. Uh, it's so subjective. It can mean whatever anybody wants it to mean. And those letters, ESG, environmental, um, social, societal, governance, uh, that's very, very broad. And it, it could mean whatever, whoever's in power gets to set the terms for it, which should scare anybody. I really do think there's a virtue signaling aspect to this. I think you've got a lot of folks um, who are at the high levels. They're very wealthy. They're very successful. They go to Davos. You know, they're they're sort of those corporate elites, and they're just telling each other, "Look, uh, I'm cool. <laughs> Look what I have done. I'm pursuing this particular thing." It's not that different from high school when you're wearing a certain piece of clothing because you want people to know that you're in and you've done uh, what other people think is noteworthy. So there's definitely a virtue signaling aspect to it. It is very nebulous. It is not tied to what's going to return a profit, and and that's what you need. You need that kind of security. You know, if you want to pursue things on your own, on your own dime, uh, in your own area, that's fine. You know, you, you go do what you want to do, but don't use my dollars and, and jeopardize my retirement or the people that I represent uh, to pursue policies that that are speculative, they're nebulous, they're, they're subjective. Yeah. So, so the moral of the story, Treasurer, is that to corporate elites, it's not cool to use other people's money to advance your corporate agenda, right? Um, well, just specifically, you know, on this, you point to existing Kentucky law as it relates to keeping ESG and other politically driven investment ideas away from the st state pension investment decisions. Tell us more. I know you, you made some headlines when you asked your attorney general for a legal opinion. Talk a little bit about that and about this whole idea of sole fiduciary rule. Sure. Well, and let me tell you a little bit, too, why this is important in Kentucky. Kentucky is a fossil fuel producing state. Uh, I'm from eastern Kentucky. I'm ninth generation in the mountains of eastern Kentucky. I'm from the coal fields, as we call it. Uh, we have coal fields in east Kentucky and, and in west Kentucky. 
Um, I'm that Hatfield and McCoy area. If you're trying to kind of geographically pinpoint where I'm from, that's it. And we have oil and gas too in Kentucky. So coal, oil and gas, very much fossil fuel. And those still are major industries in Kentucky. They're not as strong as they have been in the past, uh, but they are still major industries. So uh, that is a reason why I started to get really concerned about this. And this impacts everybody all over the United States. Uh, you know, this has a direct impact on you, your retirement, your ability to uh, have the money you need when you retire. But also this impacts us in our energy uh, in particular, which I think is so important right now. We need to make sure that uh, we're not paying $5 of the gas pump. You know, you can buy food and gas when you need to. You can heat your house. Uh, so, so in Kentucky, I've had a real reason to really be looking at this for, for a number of reasons. And like you said, Derek, I am an attorney. There are a few treasurers or attorneys, but there aren't as many. I think I think we need more. I think it's a great background uh, to be able to handle these things. So I requested an attorney general opinion, which is something you can do in the Commonwealth of Kentucky if you are uh, uncertain or trying to reach a, a, a clear, definitive answer of what the law is. And in Kentucky, we actually have some laws that govern your fiduciary duty. So I actually am a trustee on the Teachers Retirement Board. Uh, I chair our state investment commission. I'm on some of our other uh, retirement investment boards. So there's a few of them. Some of them I'm not on, but I'm on enough of them that I really have a stake in this. And we have in our books uh, governing, if you're a trustee, that you have to be investing solely in the interest of the members and the beneficiaries for the exclusive purpose of providing benefits to members and beneficiaries and paying uh, and, and making sure they have money to, to when they retire. So, so we have this solely in their interest, exclusive purpose language. And this is not uncommon. Uh, this is the case in a lot of states across the country that if you're a fiduciary of a pension system, you're supposed to be investing solely to make sure that people can retire. In Kentucky, we actually have another part too, which I, I think uh, gives us even more weight in our state to be involved in this area. We're also supposed to invest our pension funds um, to improve the industrial development and enhance the economic welfare of the Commonwealth of Kentucky. So, so for me, I think about fossil fuels right away. Uh, those are important things. So I asked for an AG opinion. And I, the question was, uh, as a fiduciary of these pensions, as a trustee, uh, would it be illegal for me to pursue ESG policies given these strong fiduciary obligations that are in statute? And I got a resounding yes from the attorney general. It would actually be illegal for me as a trustee or any other trustee to pursue ESG measures. And I, I actually think this is probably the case all over the country. Uh, Kentucky does have this extra oomph, but uh, if you're looking at just, are you solely in the interest of them being able to retire? Is it the exclusive purpose of providing benefits to them? Uh, that's pretty common language everywhere. And and it's at common law. So even if you don't have statutes on the books, that's been the common law obligation as a fiduciary for a pension for a long time. So and even even in the ERISA world, these have been the, the guiding principles, the guiding obligations when it comes to your retirement investment. So I really think this is worth pointing out all over the country because this should signal to everybody that if you do want to get on board on ESG, you actually may be breaking the law. Hmm. Wow, that that is really impressive, uh, and thank you for leading that effort. Love to hear that. It's uh, Commonwealth common sense right there, uh, uh, coming from Kentucky. And uh, boy, I'll tell you what: is uh, we look across the country this this week, the Wall Street Journal, as you probably saw, announced that city and state pension funds had their worst year of return since two thousand nine during the financial crisis. And now at um, at Alec, of course, we put together the annual report on the unfunded liabilities by state over eight trillion dollars across the United States. You know, shouldn't we be doing things that maximize long term returns so we can keep these defined benefit plans solid and on good footing? And so the work that you're doing there, we have uh, actually brand new Alec model legislation 
legislation that really gets to that point uh, for sole uh, fiduciary duty uh, for the plan beneficiaries and getting politics out of pensions. So really commend your efforts there. Um, turning to additional policy ideas for Kentucky, as you, you know, consider how to continue to move the Commonwealth forward and enhance competitiveness, as you know, uh, Kentucky currently ranks uh, 34th for economic outlook in the new 2022 edition of Rich States, Poor States. Uh, now, you've made some great strides with the becoming a right-to-work state and having a flat tax in recent years, uh, but what are your ideas to really continue to move the ball forward and re- make progress in, in making Kentucky even more competitive in the years ahead? Well, you're only as good as the jobs that you have in your state. So we always need to be thinking about what can we do to to bring companies in, to keep companies here, to help them grow and provide jobs in the state. I think that always needs to be your your number one focus. I'm a big fan in people having uh, more money in their pockets to be able to do what they need to for their family. So I'm very encouraged to see that we are following the path of Tennessee uh, and some other places to, uh, in time, eliminate the income tax. Uh, I think that is a smart thing to do. I think it's the right thing to do. I think it helps families. Uh, As a working mom, I'm very sensitive to the needs of middle class families and and, uh, lower income families because I know what it is to have to think about putting food on the table and making sure your kids have what they need. So so those things are very, very important to me. I think that is the right path. You you need to always be focusing on making sure you're growing the economy. People have jobs they can provide for themselves. And I do think it's good to give as keep as much in people's pockets as possible. I actually think ESG. Objections like pushing back against ESG, ESG ties into that too, because as you you identified, um, people aren't making as much right now, and there's a variety of reasons for that. But we're just not getting as good of returns as we have been getting on our our investments. And as you know, because you're well versed in this, Kentucky's had a pension problem for a while. Uh, it's getting better, but it's going to take a long time to get better. Um, we have, I think, I think we're at 57% or pretty close to that right now, 56, 57% in our teacher retirement pension, which is the one that I sit on. And that's one of our best ones. <laughs> that means that's the model one. Uh, the one for, for state employees is in the teens, uh, which is which is actually very scary and, and uh, something we need to think about. So don't play around with these things. They need to be propped up. They need to be supported. And if you want to have a, a healthy economy, you need to have teachers who are wanting to stay in their jobs for a long time. If they don't have a good pension, they're going to leave. Uh, you want to have people in state government who uh, are getting a, a pension that's going to be there for them. So I think those are components too. It's not just about uh, thinking about the, the income tax, which is incredibly important, but I think we also need to be thinking about making sure your pensions are in a good position and your state is just healthier. You know, you can do more. Your credit rating is better if you don't have these massive liabilities. Yeah. And, and you're right on Alice, a treasure ball. I, I totally agree. I, <clears throat> I do, uh, you know, on the federal policy front, you know, we've just seen a massive, a massive tax bill passed, you know, in Washington, um, that covers global climate change. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's supposedly increases the size of the IRS by 87,000 new employees. And talk really about a scary up. thought there. Oh Boy. my gosh. <laughs> Hi, I'm from the government. I'm here to help you. You know, that's a, the, the thing that Ronald Reagan said to be most, most concerned about. Uh, I just it's it's unbelievable what what has just happened. Um, you know, how do we continue to implement, you know, uh, these free market policies? How do we start keep fighting against this whole idea of reducing inflation um, in regards to what we're seeing in D.C.? And then, uh, you know, how do how do you do that as a state leader? How do you balance those two and reconcile those? 
Sure. Well, I think policies matter and uh, we need to always be talking about good policies, which I'm glad this is what we're doing today. That that makes a difference. So we need to call out bad policies. Uh, I do think it's absolutely terrifying the thought of having 87,000 new IRS agents. Like, what do you need them for? Why do you want that many? I was looking at the number of border agents right now, and I think it's 19,000, uh, about 19,600 uh, some border patrol agents right now. So why do we need so many more IRS agents? And uh, I don't know that the government has a great track record right now on what they're doing. They, they seem like sometimes they're just punitive or they're just digging. Uh, so I think it, it's something that should scare everybody and we should be calling those things out. Um, and, and, you know, inflation is a part of that, you know, all those kinds of bad policies, growing government. Uh, these are these are all policies that we need to be if it's if it's a bad one, we need to call it out. And I think there's a lot to be said for the states leading the way. Uh, you know, we, we are the laboratories of democracy. You know, you look to us to see what works. And I think some of us are doing some things that work. So those things can be uh, left to the states to handle or in some cases they can be implemented at the, uh, the federal level. So policies matter. Yeah, absolutely. I have to. I have to just ask you. You, I, I watched a short video of you. You guys in Kentucky have this wonderful thing called Fancy Farm, uh, which I have never seen before in in a state. But it is a, a really fun tradition where basically it's okay for both the Democrat and Republican candidates to get together and kind of roast each other is kind of the way I've described it to folks. You had a, a great one line zinger. Uh, um, about Joe Biden and inflation, do you want to do you want to sure. repeat that? <laughs> yeah. So, so Fancy Farm is an amazing tradition. It's a 142 year old picnic that's actually a fundraiser for a local Catholic uh, church in this very very small town in Western Kentucky. So, like you said, it's a roast. You're supposed to kind of go for it and be tongue in cheeks. Uh, but I did say that I had a Joe Biden inflation joke, but it just wasn't worth anything anymore. So <laughs> that, that was my joke. That was, yeah, it's kind of all it. along those lines. Uh, it's an amazing <laughs> experience because people are yelling at you, uh, sometimes for you and sometimes against you while you're making your speech at Fancy Farm. It's not for the faint at heart. Uh, but if you get through it, it's actually pretty fun and the barbecue is delicious. Well, that's fantastic. Well, Treasure Ball, um, we really appreciate the time that you've spent with us today. Uh, it's always a joy to work with you. You lead with a lot of wisdom and class, and I think you bring a tremendous amount of respect uh, to the office and to the people uh, uh, of Kentucky. So um, we just really appreciate the work that you've done, and thanks for being on here with us today. Thank you very much. It's always great to talk about these issues. Great. Well, until next time, Jonathan, great to be with you again, and uh, we'll look forward to next, till next time we get together. Sounds great. Take care, guys. Thank you for listening today. For more information, visit us online at www.sfof.com.